Hey guys, welcome to Overcrest. I'm Chris. And I'm Jake. And uh, today's episode, we are going to get into Jake's car uh, for once. We're going to get into it. We're gonna, well, we did get into it. And, we uh, did. Yeah. And uh, we're going to talk about that a little bit. We're going to talk about, uh, we're going to do some news if we if we have time. we talk about my, uh, my 996 and uh, talk about my car a little bit and some stuff that I bought. Mm-hmm. But uh, let's, before we do that, what, what have we got going on? This is your last chance to enter into the Momo steering wheel giveaway. Next Monday, which is the next Monday that this with uh, the podcast comes out. We'll you, can, be you can just say next Monday. Next, next Monday. Next Monday, we're going to be announcing the winner. We'll be announcing the winner right. at uh, Cars and Coffee. We'll have the steering wheel there. So if, uh, if, if you entered and you win and you're there. If you are in Minnesota, which... Only thirty percent of our listeners are at this yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, it's getting it's dwindling. So, so that's probably um, not accurate. Yeah, the broadening out a, qu- a bit. But hey, if you're, we'll have it with us. You know, if you want to come see it. But or, if your name is Bjorn and you live in Sweden and you win it, we'll ship it over to you. Sounds after good. We announce it. So, if you haven't heard, if this is the first you're hearing of it, you can win a brand new Momo prototypal racing steering wheel, and we'll also purchase the hub that goes with for your car. Uh, once we know who wins and what your car is, um, and to do that, all you have to do is head over to iTunes and leave us a review along with some commentary you can't just hit the stars you have to write something then we get notified of it um, and we will be selecting uh, a winner from one of the reviews that was entered in august at the end of the month yep also you can give us a call at <laughs> <laughs> so i was saying that i i found so we have this number that you call in you can leave us uh, interesting comments you can ask us questions anything else and i thought it'd be request funny to find we've had topics. some people requesting topics which has been great absolutely and so i thought it'd be interesting to find like a, a vanity number for it you know you can assign letters to the numbers and, and I so can't i believe said it. i can't believe it so i we didn't realize that it was <laughs> so i said it's 612 lug zero belt but, and then that's way minute. too that's, many that's numbers. Too many numbers. <laughs> so it's actually six one two lug zero B E L. Lug O Bell with one but L. But the generator cool. I used online was like, well, you realize you can just dial extra numbers at the end and it doesn't do anything. So you can just put whatever you want at the end of it. And I think the generator just said Lug O Belt. Yeah, it didn't work though for uh um when I dialed in to try and okay. we got our phone system figured out. So uh so, so we'll now you to, can call us at six one two five eight four zero two. So look forward to having some uh, some some guests on from out of state and around the world. Now that we have that figured out, I'll start calling in some favors and getting some getting some people in here for us to talk to. So I'm really really, really fun. I'm really really excited about that. Yeah. Um, so before we get to your car and the uh, and uh, the rent you owe me, let's uh, do you, let's talk about uh, West Side Volkswagen. <laughs> I don't. Oh, oh, yeah, because it was at your house. <laughs> I get it. Westside Volkswagen is a great sponsor of the show. Luther Westside Volkswagen, right here in the Twin Cities. They're actually the number one Volkswagen dealer in the country, though. We just happen to have them right here in the Twin Cities local to us, where they have the largest selection of both used European cars and Volkswagens, of course. Um, they have a great facility there with even better people inside. Like I've mentioned before, I have several friends who have bought cars there and have nothing but good things to say about it you can find them online at westsidevw.com uh, otherwise just go check them out if you're local great so let's uh let's get to it what what was the plan well so in uh, my quest to just kind of slowly uh, get the car sorted the car being my 1970 porsche 911 i bought it earlier this summer um, actually at one of the live recordings of the show at Beer Group. Yep, I don't yep. remember what episode that was. But at any rate, I bought the car. It uh, was 
driving, running, but it's a project. Yep. So, so you've done all kinds of stuff. fixing things and trying to bring it up to snuff. And so I, in my effort to lower the car, I bought some later SC, 911 SC spring plates. The difference between the SC spring plates and the early spring plates. The is, SCs are adjustable. Right. So be, back in the day, you had if you wanted to adjust your ride height. So the way the torsion bar works is that there's two torsion bars, mm-hmm. one for each side, right? So that you have the, the, the right side runs perpendicular to the car. To the length of the car. Right. It's literally just a bar down the car that twists. Yep. That's so how you're the suspension basically, works. That's your spring is a bar that twists. Yep. And then there's a, an, a spring plate mm-hmm. that comes off that and attaches to the rear wheel. Right. So in order to adjust the ride height, you would have to completely remove that whole plate. Take and it off the splines. index it, they call it, on that torsion bar. Right. So the later cars had a, a bar that had basically a pivot in the middle, think of it, where you can adjust the height via that. Which is so, way easier. Yeah, I thought if I'm going to be adjusting it anyways, I should get some fresh parts in there and do SC spring plates. However... Sounds easy. It was supposed to be super easy. Like, we were hanging out on a day and he's like yeah we'll just bring it up to my house and work on it we'll bang it out quick because i have like different tools or like yeah I just you know like, you thought it, whatever oh no do you know it was the air banging, conditioning i was gonna say i'm banging in the desk the reason i actually you convinced me to do up your house was you're like well i have air conditioning in my garage right. and it was hot out. and little little did we realize that when your car would come in the heat would radiate off your car the Turns entire out time an air-cooled car needs to radiate heat for via like hours the air. yeah <laughs> so the air conditioner could not keep up and it was just freaking hot anyways and we ran into all manner of issues trying to remove the spring plates from the torsion bar. Basically, so here's what here's what it is: is like you have the car. Um, the torsion bar is uh, like 600 millimeters long, or however. Like that's I just know that that's how long it is. Okay, so it's like 600 millimeters long, which is what like three couple feet. feet. Sure. Yeah, a couple feet, two, three feet. And to get it out, there's like a little access hole in the body of the car. Mm-hmm. And you slide it all the way out. You take this little cap off, slides all the way out. But first, you have to take the spring plate off, mm-hmm. which is where the torsion bar is splined inside the spring so plate. You're supposed to slide out of there. Yep, spring plate comes off, torsion bar slides out, new spring plate goes on, or uh, torsion bar goes back in, sure. spring plate goes back on. Yeah. But it didn't really work out that way, did it? No, so the the plate was basically fused to that torsion bar, and so the way it's situated in the chassis, you can't get it out. You can't remove it because it's just hitting the body of the car. Right. So well, I mean, we tried everything. We tried ham- We First, we started with hammers. We and tried then we, hammering. We and then tried we tried heat. heat. And that didn't work. And we then I tried. grabbed the air hammer, yep. the air chisel. We tried chiseling it to get a I mean, lot that of pressure was in there. Everything we had yeah. on that air hammer to try and drive that spring plate off the torsion bar. Right. Everything. And keep in mind, there's nothing adhering it to it. Like, it's supposed to literally slide out. Yep. So. Uh, and later on, I find out that this is pretty common. Right. At the time, so it, I'm it's like. It's not totally um, unique. But. I'm like, how are we going to do this without seeming like total hacks? Right. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out, like, the right way to do this in my so, mind. So. I am glad you were there if for nothing else than just like more motivation, more reassurance. If it was me, I would have been like, whatever, I'm going to bed. And I wouldn't have looked at the car for like another week because I would have been frustrated. At yeah, it. it's it's well, it's, that's easier when it's not your car, too. Right. Like I can be there and be like, hey, let's just keep going. Let's keep try- let's yeah. try this. Let's try just, this. Let's try so this. So that was really good to have you there to do that. So you suggested, well, at this point, you have new spring plates. We're replacing them anyways. Just cut that end off. Yep. Well, it's a little tricky because you have the torsion bar going through it, and you don't want to cut through the torsion bar. Well, so it's, it's so it's it's it 
the torsion bar it's a, like it's a tube it's a it's a bar going into a tube how that so yeah. you have to cut the tube without cutting the bar inside it right so uh you had like a little pneumatic uh angle grinder and then luckily i had my big electric angle grinder with as yeah. well and ended up just carefully getting that out and then you're able to slide that out but then we still have this end that's fused onto the bar right and so this is what it, was kind of sketchy <laughs> And so we're like, well, at least now we can like work on it on the bench. It's always easier to work on something out of the car. So I put it in the vise, and I take your biggest sledgehammer and just start pounding the end I'm of like, it. I'm like, dude, that's nothing. It's not going to work. Nothing. Try the air hammer on it again, the air chisel. Again, nothing. It was like, you could tell there's a lot of force, though, because the chisel was like basically melding the metal. And this, it's probably like 3 16th steel. Yeah. I mean, it's really thick steel. Yeah. Obviously, it's meant to so carry the weight of the you, car. Uh, it did end up uh, making it much better that we were at your house, not just because of the air conditioner, because you have a 12-ton uh, press, just yep. a big arbor press. and Not an, not arbor, an arbor, arbor I have an arbor press. This was just like, what do you call it? A press. A press, yeah. Hydraulic so, press. A hydraulic press. So we put the bar in the hydraulic press. It's a 12-ton press. I keep saying that because, because I was sitting here, and I'm cranking down on it, and I get to the point where... If you know anything about these bottle jack presses, if you have to put a lot of force in the handle, that's an immense amount of force going down on the press. Yeah. Like, and so you're like, sitting there like, what's going on? Because I kind of paused and I'm looked like, what's at the things. Problem? You're like, what's going on? And I was like, I don't know. You go over there and you go to pull the handle and it takes like some poundage. Yeah, and it, like, was, it was Holy. some serious effort. So I turned the press to the side and stood behind the side of it and it yeah. just kept going. And eventually it popped free. It sounded like gunshots going off. Yeah, it was... It was yeah, it was really, really So it serious. finally came loose. It was just corroded. That's all it was. Yep. It wasn't even rusted through. It was just somehow that got corroded and fused together. And so we this got that the, off. This isn't even the hardest part, really, or the no, most time-consuming right. crap. Because and so... So I want, I, want to, I want you to tell everybody your process and why... Oh, why it happened right. yeah this this still seems totally logical to me chris so it let, was let rusty. me just first say that jake loves i'm gonna get to it loves grease love grease loves grease i loves say WD i didn't 40. have any with me any grease so i was like do you have grease because i wanted to grease the spline so it'd go in really nice and i read somewhere you should kind of grease the torsion bar itself so it doesn't get rusty yeah and so i was like well if it was rusty coming out let's just load this sucker up with grease and i like even in the tube itself i sprayed some wd-40 in there i was like if i could fill it with oil i would just to prevent any rust and to make it coated and, it, and, so, and to be fair it was scaly and it, it was, was scaly, nasty and yep. it was dirty right and so I, this but in my head sense to me and in my head i'm like this is too much grease there's too much oil in here it shouldn't be like this it's too much <laughs> And he's putting it all over the, the spring plates. I'm like, that's too much. There's just grease everywhere. All I think when I see grease, especially wheel bearing grease, is all it does is collect dirt. Yeah. It collects dirt but, and it causes problems because it collect dirt sticks to it mm -hmm. and gets in places and it like just But this is all supposed to be sealed up in the tube, in my defense. Right, but also you put so much grease on the end of the torsion bar that it picked up every bit of dirt all along the way of you putting it in and then jammed it into the back of where the torsion bar is supposed to go. Right. So that when you put the, that was the problem. So then when you put the plate back on, it popped the end cap off. <laughs> yep. And we couldn't figure out why the the torsion bar wasn't seated. I'm like, Jake, it was clean, right? It looked clean. Jake, it was clean, right? It looked clean. <laughs> and anyway, Basically, so we, this is hard to explain, but we're shoving this, this rod down the end of a tube. And what you don't realize is if there's any dirt down at the end of the tube, it won't go all the way in. Right. It's, you can't compress grease or and dirt. And so I had grease with like little rust, rust dust, I'll call it. Yeah. They created like a concrete material at the end and wouldn't, wouldn't so, see it. 
it took us a long time to even figure out that's what was going so on. What, I, what did I come up with? <laughs> well, many different things. Well, the two things that worked was the 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 torques, the big torques on the end of the impact drill. We used trail. every single extension, like socket extension Chris had, and then we had a little torque spit on the end of it and used the impact. Just gets there and kind of scrape all that stuff down yep. the end of the And tube. then we ended up putting like a, I welded a screwdriver to the end welded of a, a screwdriver shitty, to that. To the end of a shitty extension just so we could scrape with scrape something. scrape that, yep. Because I didn't have a three-foot screwdriver. And then we just kept blowing it with an air hose and an air nozzle to try to get it out. And eventually we, my idea, I think really worked was where we put just the hose yeah. down the end of yep. it. Yep. So we just took the, air. we took the, the just the, basically an air hose fitting, mm-hmm. like the little uh, five eighths fitting, put it in the air hose and then shove the air hose in there and then turn the compressor valve open on the so compressor it just itself. So blew all the sh- stuff out of there. Yeah. It just blew it all out. So needless to say, it's done. It's done. Yep. The car's done. on the ground. It's slammed. It is. So what I did is because we re-indexed the torsion bar and we, I adjusted the adjustable torsion bar all the way down. It is low, which it's is low. good because it's as low as I will ever want it. And now I can adjust it up. You can go because up from of the adjustment. Yeah, I think you should probably, well, the thing is, I think it's good where it is, but you're going to need bigger tires anyway, because those tires are too small. Yeah. So as, it will if you get a little tire, well, you'll probably get another inch off the ground with another tire size up. Oh, because you're worried about bottoming out, not the wheel no. to fender issue. No, not really. Because okay. it cambers in when it. I got gotcha. you. I'm not sure, too sure. concerned about that. I'm concerned about your $15,000 engine running into something on the ground. That's probably a, a good thing to be concerned about. Yeah. So, I mean, I they're pretty burly, but it's it's still not really good. So Sure. Okay. And I also would like to, like, uh, to let everyone know. Mm-hmm. That Jake asked to borrow something from me today mm-hmm. that I brought with me. What is it? I don't know. It is my pipe cutter. <laughs> so lo and behold, Jake has finally succumbed to the peer pressure, and I, I think hope he's so. going to cut the pipes down. There are a couple people that are like holdouts for me that are like, yeah, keep them long. No, yep. no, they're too. They're too. The diameter's too big for them to be long. That's the only problem because they're just. It's just too. It's too visually upsetting. Not, I, have a, not, I have a picture I'm going to share. Not like emotionally I, upsetting. Uh, yeah, I know. Just like visually, visually the upsetting. weight of it is, yes. is too much. I, I have a photo, though, of a 911 exhaust that I want to show you that like is ideal to me. Yeah, I'm sure it's great. I'll post that on Instagram later. Okay. Uh, what else is going on? That's it for you, I think. That's it for me. Let's uh, maybe fit another sponsor here. Let's talk about South Central Imports, also called SCI Performance. What? Why are we applauding that? I don't know. I just, I'm just trying out my new soundboard. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're great guys. They deserve <laughs> applause, I guess. Uh, they've been in business since 1976. How many years is that? 30, 40, that's like 48, 56, 52. This is embarrassing. Just move years. on. Okay. That's a long time to be in business. They are an exclusive Volkswagen Audi shop, so they know those cars inside out because they focus on them. The Volkswagen Audi Group cars, the VAG cars, as yep. we call them. Uh, more than anything, though, I keep saying these guys have the integrity and honesty to take care of you. You don't ever have to kind of question are these the stereotypical mechanic, you know, greasy hands and greasy pockets. They, they, won't, uh, they won't try to swindle you. They're honest guys. You can check them out either on Facebook at SCI Performance. They have their website, which I believe is SCIPerformance.com, Chris? I think so. Yep. And also you can give them a call 612-722-8897 which that number probably does spell something which i should figure out yeah we'll see if we can figure it out for them guys see what it see what it figures (laughs) out um so uh the wheel saga with my car Mm -hmm. is officially over for now Mm -hmm. (laughs) for now so i i i redid my cookie cutters refinished them completely 
and I sold the ATSs. They're gone. They're going to Chicago to go on a 914. Cool. Uh, 914.6, I think. Cool. So they're a perfect wheel for a 914. That will look good. It, it, do you it, know what color it is? I don't. I'm not sure. Hopefully it's a lighter color. It's probably black or white is my guess, probably. judging by by uh, who I know owns the car. Um, so it's probably black or white. So that's done. Very, and very black and white guy. Just Well, his his son. Everything's all his, black and white. His son, all his cars are my. All right. Here's all right. what I got. What did we get, Siri? The sun is a star at the center of the solar system. That's good it is to a know, nearly Siri. perfect sphere of hot plasma. <laughs> okay. So Chris's new soundboard is actually his iPhone that's plugged into our soundboard. So that's why we now hear Siri. Yeah, sorry about that's that. That's a good addition. Yeah. Anyway. Our guest today, Siri from <laughs> Apple. <laughs> um, so uh, the wheels are gone. They're shipped off. I, so I kept the cookie cutters. I, I repainted them, mm-hmm. recleared them with a, with a gloss clear mm-hmm. instead of a... Um, Matt clear. So hopefully they're going to be a little bit easier to keep clean, which is something that really bothered me about them before is that they really which got dirty I fast. Said, I, I don't think the finish of the paint is going to make them any more easily cleaned. Yes, it will. Anytime, so, anytime you let, think how much easier it is to keep polished concrete clean versus just regular concrete. Yeah, but that's like physically polishing the concrete, not just a different paint. Gloss is smoother than matte. At a matte. microscopic level, you're saying it is actually smoother. Yes. Okay, I guess I don't... It's not even microscopic. You can see it. That's why it's shiny. That's why it's called gloss. Yeah, but it's not like you feel and you're like, oh, this has ridges that everything's going to stick in. No, but it's 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 to the touch. Matte is definitely... You can feel it. When you wipe your hands on, it goes... Versus gloss. You what does it do? Yeah, exactly. With with gloss, it doesn't do that at all. This is the stupidest thing ever. It That's w- why it, I'm calling you out. <laughs> they, they will be easier to keep clean. Okay. So I got Regardless, the cookies on there. Cool. I'm all set. And I sold the wheels, and then I may have bought something, which is a really contentious thing to do with my car. It and really, not only truly that, is. You realize what this is doing? This is making it so you're going to have this wheel saga all over again. I know. So what did you do? <laughs> I bought RS flares RS for the car. RS fender flares for your old 911. Yep. So they're rear flares. It's gonna. I think it's like an inch or two inches wider. Might be mm-hmm. two inches wider. It is. It, it, as far as fender flares go nowadays, it is very subtle. I'll it is say su- that. Yeah, it is a subtle. It's a factory look for the car. So mm-hmm. um, like a 73 RS, these right. are the flares that would have been on it. So it's, it's wa- same width as like a 911 SC or a Carrera. Sure. But the profile of the flare is a little bit different. Yeah. It's a little more organic, maybe a little more feminine. The way that the lip on the, yeah, where the, where the lip on the side, it's a little bit different. It's not quite as cold. I guess it's a little more organic, the shape. Um, you can look it up if anybody wants to see. GMO S- approved flares. I don't need my boom, boom. T- <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, so it's going to look. Uh, It'd probably be non-GMO. Yeah, probably, probably non-GMO. But I'm, it's going to be sorted out. So, cool. Yeah. They'd carry them at Whole Foods. Okay, Jake. I need my soundboard to make you sound stupid, don't I? <laughs> I'm doing that all on myself, Chris. <laughs> um, so yeah, the wheel seg is over. Got the flares coming. Um, I'm not sure if I'll get to those this year. It might be over the winter. Yeah. Will I get the flares done? That's what I would wait to do. Um, I've been working on the 996, which is... Other 911 that you have? It is a nightmare. I absolutely hate this car. Good. Um, it has no. It has not a single endearing quality to me whatsoever. None. That'll be a great for sale ad. For sale, <laughs> two thousand one nine nine six. Worst car I've ever owned. It's it's just it's not the and worst. And you car. and I have a Yugo. That should also be. In the end. And I also have a Yugo as comparison. Um, I would rather, right as it is right now, I'd rather drive the Yugo, just because there's so many issues with the nine nine six that need to be fixed. The power steering pump is out, and I broke the reservoir and I broke the line. The line is like two hundred dollars. 
So I'm trying to find a way to just fix the line. I don't know. We'll, we'll see how it goes. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to put the bracket back in and get it all sorted out. It's Everything's buried in there. It's kind of I a, know. It's kind I've of dealt a, with that car. It is kind of a nightmare to deal with. I don't like that car. I don't think I would want it as my hobby car. I don't think I would want it as my fun car. So, yeah, that's about. Why that's did about you buy it? it? I just wanted, like, I saw, like, an easy way to have an experience, right? Yeah. To have an experience. How's that experience going? Character building. <laughs> um, and you call me the optimist. It was a character building experience. Other than that, and I got to meet some cool people down in South Carolina, yeah. as I said last week. But other than that, I, I don't like it. I don't, I don't like the car. I don't like the way. I like the way it looks a little bit. It's clean. But I just, I can't, I can't get into it. I just can't. All right. So uh, we'll be right back. We're going to take a little break and we'll come back with some news. All right, we are back. We've got a, a few interesting news stories for you today. No Tesla news. There's stuff that we can Yay. talk about with Elon Musk and other dumb crap that he's doing. But <laughs> we are an embargo on him for a little bit. I just can't <laughs> take it anymore. That's good. I think other people are getting sick of us talking about it, too. So instead, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, James Bond. Yeah, Which so, is, well, more specifically, his car, Aston Martin. Right. Aston Martin will recreate James Bond's DB5, all spy gadgets included. So now my question is, when they say spy gadgets included, and I was thinking about this before I actually read the article, mm -hmm. missiles? Really? Well, probably Machine not guns? missiles. Will they have the ejector seat? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I mean, this everything that this car had for, like, dangerous things were, were really, really dangerous, and they could actually kill the driver and everyone else. Yeah, so this is the movie from Goldfinger, the and car, yeah. they will build 25 limited edition DB5s, and the cars will have, quote, gadgets from the movie's vehicle, such as rotating license plates. Well, that's cool, I guess. I mean, I don't know how the that, authorities are going to feel gonna about say, that. So that's it? Um, so this thing costs $3.5 million. Did you see that? No. $3.5 million. Um, the espionage modifications will be co-developed by Academy Award winner Chris Corbould, if special effects supervisor on eight previous Bond films. Rotating number plates have been announced with more to come. It's safe to predict that a working ejector seat is not on the blueprints. So when they... That, that's disappointing. <laughs> I'm highly disappointed by that. That is the only thing they actually could legally put in it. I suppose that's probably true. All, all 25 new DB5s will feature silver birch paint just as Bond's original did. Mechanical specifications will be similar to the original with, quote... Sympathetic modifications to ensure the highest levels of build quality and reliability. First deliveries to customers will commence in 2020. The cars will not be street legal. Oh. Well, then it doesn't matter. Put the ejector seat in it. <laughs> that makes it so much worse. To own an Aston Martin has long been an aspiration for James Bond fans, but to own a Silver Virch DB5 complete with gadgets and built to the highest standards in, every, in the very same factory as the original Bond cars, that is sure to be the ultimate blah, 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 blah. So I don't know. What's the what are That's we doing? That's stupid. Here? I don't care. I don't care at all. I think it's I mean I guess it's I, cool that it's an Aston Martin like corporate. That's kind of that's kind of the thing with it is that it's an Aston Martin built car. Right. So where are they getting are they getting the tooling from this? Do they have it shoved away in a will warehouse? It, will facilities? it have a warranty? <laughs> I, well, they're not going to be driven anywhere since they're not street legal. So what's the I don't know. I, what if you have like a huge racetrack in your backyard and you're like, um, I need my 100,000-mile warranty, whatever. All, all you really need is uh, is an old Citroen, as we'll find out in, a, in another story. 
coming coming up later. So okay, well, uh, next story here is this is really, kind of the, the meat of the story. This, this is, is the, so disappointing to me. Uh, so up until this year, 2018, the Audi lineup has featured only two vehicles that you can get a manual transmission with: the Audi A4 and A5, the base models. So as of 2019, though, the A4 and A5 are dropping the manual transmission option altogether. So that means literally, it almost was that there offered no I'm upset about it. It almost was that they were offering no manual transmissions at all, but as of next year, 2019, you literally cannot get a manual transmission Audi. In the U.S. market. I think they're still going to have some in the European market. This is a U.S. market thing. In U.S. lineup, you're right. So, but still, so maybe I mean, that's I all that matters to us. Swap. We're the center of the universe, so no, you're not doing a swap. These things are so integrated now. I there's know. no, there's no possible way that that's even something that's going to be happening. It's just so upsetting because they have their S and RS lineups, but they aren't offering a manual transmission. It's not like they're trying to cater to that market because that's literally all they're selling. The S and RS models too are enthusiasts, right? Well, let's hear what they say. As you might have expected, Audi is citing low customer demand as the reason for killing the stick shift option. Only 5% of A4 customers in the United States are said to have chosen the six-speed manual over the A4's available seven-speed dual clutch. I want you to remember Pause. that. No, and here's why. Because they didn't offer it on the RS4 or S4 or RS3. They offered it on the A4. If you're buying a base model A4, you're not the enthusiast. So no, you're not going to want the manual transmission. If they would have offered it on the RS3 as an option, that number would have been 50%. You think so? Yes. I'm, I'm upset about it because literally that was going to be our next car purchase was an RS3 with a manual transmission, but it doesn't exist. So we probably won't be buying an Audi. What, so what are you, what, what are you buying? I, nothing for now. We're going to keep the RS4 for a while. Well, that's, I mean, that's not a bad deal. No, not Speaking at all. Speaking of that, have you put the suspension on that car yet? No, you want to come do another suspension job? We're no. going to do it at my house this time. No, I don't. I think I'm all tapped out on. Dude, I have so much car stuff to do. It's, I have to swap wheels on the wagon and the golf. Golf wagon and the golf. Swap wheels over. Kay. Jess wants her car raised up, and she doesn't want tiny tires anymore. Okay. And I want that stuff on my car anyway. And then I have to fix the 911 and put the new control arms or strut bearings or whatever is screwed up in 996. Thank you. And then I have to do, uh, I have to get the Yugo ready to get sold. I'm going to sell that. And I have to change the oil in Jess's car. And I, and I have to change the oil in the 996, even though I, I probably will. It's just like <laughs> I have so many things to do. I just, I, I, I'm all tapped, man. I'm, I'm out. I'm done. I will not help you with that project. <laughs> um, uh, it's a shame because the manual not only increased the car's driver engagement, it also imp- incru- improved the performance. In our testing, a manual A4 sprinted from 0 to 60 in 5.1 seconds, a tenth of a second quicker than an A4 with a dual-clutch automatic. And that's actually the first time that's I've ever amazing. really... amazing. I've never really heard that before. No, it's always that the auto is quicker, or especially a dual-clutch gearbox is quicker. I have no idea why... That is. That doesn't make any sense to me. The six-speed was offered only with all, Quattro all-wheel drive and the standard 252-horsepower 2-liter turbo 4, although it could pick, be paired with any car's trim levels, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, uh, so that was the one good thing is you could get like an A4 fully loaded S-line. It didn't have to be the base model to right. still get that manual trans. But again, it, it I'm not surprised that only 5% of brand-new A4 owners didn't so you think, got the manual. So you think this was a mistake? 100% a mistake. Well, I'm gonna I'm I, gonna I'm, I'm gonna agree with you by reading you another article. Okay. Um, this one is uh, BMW M department says, "quote Keep buying manuals." Okay. They say, um, "If there's one market that keeps the manual transmission dreams alive for BMW fans, it's the United States." 
for some reason, Americans love shifting their BMWs. So, so this is like kind the of the exact opposite. The exact opposite. If there is one market that keeps the manual transmission dreams alive from BMW, it's the United States. At a press event in Ascari, Spain, um, someone spoke to Karsten Priest, BMW M head of product, who emphasized once again how important the American market has been for the future of M. He confirmed that the the take rate for the six speed gear, manual gearbox has been higher than fifty percent. Wow. A good enough reason for BMW to consider the manual box in the new M2 competition and potentially in future M models. Yeah. It's exactly what I said. If you put it on your more sports car-oriented models, of course they're going to sell better. They, he says, Pries believes, believes that the, one of the reasons why Americans love manuals is because of the idea of being in charge of your driving experience. Exactly. Taking control of your car and keeping that ultimate driving machine spirit alive. He believes there is an emotional attachment to the brand and its manual transmissions, and that's something U.S. customers have valued for decades. He won't comment on the next generation of the M3, M4 due out in 2019 or 2020, but there is a common message being shared within the M, quarters, M headquarters in Garching, quote, keep buying manuals and we will continue to offer them. So I, I wanted to read this article just as a pure contrast to what Audi is doing. That is because these two companies, contrast. These two companies are in direct competition with each other. Yeah, yeah. But I think what is, is different is that BMW is its own small company in comparison to Volkswagen Group, mm-hmm. is a very small company. True. So at uh, at Volkswagen, Audi, Porsche, Skoda, whatever, mm-hmm. you have this Seat. huge... Seat. It goes on and on, trucks too and whatever. It's a huge bureaucracy. And it's and it's and a lot of platform sharing and a lot of platform sharing and it's they have what what is it called the the modular platform that they have F- MQB or yeah something, something like, like that. that it's it's it, it, maybe the BMW drivers just are more into this kind of thing maybe they did polling that showed you know I mean they must Audi isn't stupid right I think they're stupid you think they're stupid but they're not they I had know. to have done some sort of study that said hey you know we're not selling a lot of these here we see a downtrend we've talked to our dealers we've talked to because they're not going to not make money just to spite you know US what I, customers. I have a theory is that the DSG is a very very good automated transmission it's one of the best like automatic transmissions out there i would go to say i, I haven't driven a pdk from porsche They're very but good. up until then it's very good right i would so say that all be, of them are good there's no way that the average consumer would get into like a, a sequential bmw and be like well this isn't as good as the dsg no. nobody knows nobody is experienced enough to, to to understand the difference well it used to be that bmw's um S- SMG. SMG was, was garbage. terrible. It was garbage. That, you could be an average consumer. Yeah, but at the time, DSG was, didn't exist. Right. But my point is, if uh, I, more people buy Audis with the DSG because it is so good, perhaps, and BMW doesn't have as I don't good th- of a, I think I have people, no idea. I'm trying I think, to come up with a theory. No, I think that if it was Tiptronic, people would still buy the exact same thing. I don't think it's that. I mean, for for performance like the RS stuff and that stuff, yeah. I think the DSG is a, is nice. Yeah. But the regular guy driving around to his job doesn't care if it's Tiptronic or DSG. No, you're right. Other than maybe like some geek that's like, oh, this shifts point six seconds faster than the, the torque converter thing. I'm sure there's a guy like that out there. But I think that there's a real difference between a BMW driver and an Audi driver. <sighs> I think that the BMW driver is a little bit more discerning. They, I, they, so the stereotype of the BMW driver, at least flipped. used to be, exactly, that's what I was going to get at. It used to be that they were the assholes over here that were super snooty 
And how, I'm trying to like, how do you describe that stereotype of what they were? It was the guy that wore his Bluetooth headset and flicked everyone off. Just and very just, self-involved. Yes. And I think, that, and I think that person, that quote unquote person, this probably isn't fair. No. But in my head, the way I see it is that's now Audi, like new, well, brand new Audis. Yes. Audis used to be a little quirky, like with their Quattro. They were the different, you know, car. You, you know, had to you be think a, of 80s Audis, right? right? You had to be a particular kind of person to buy right. an Audi. Now they're now they have so, so much, much market share. Exactly, they're, they're more so mainstream. Huge. So BMW has almost become like this niche competitor with them. Exactly. So they do offer the quote unquote ultimate driving machine, and I mean they're doing some dumb crap. Don't get me wrong. Some of the stuff yeah. they're building is like like the X. What is it? The X six X six M. And all I mean, there's some weird things going on. Right. But it's really nice to know that they are tuning into the to the manual transmission, knowing that people still want to do that. I guess. You guess? I guess. Well, you're upset about this. Oh, yeah. No, I am. Yeah. I, I guess it's this all ties into, I mean, this isn't going to last forever for BMW either. It'll only last as long as there's willing, people willing to buy the cars. And yeah. that's that's dwindling. It, it's, it really is. I think it's dwindling. I don't know. I do because Audi wouldn't do this if they if it wasn't. They're not. I'm stupid. hoping they like get huge backlash from this. I think it happens oh, slowly. A huge backlash? Why? They lost. They're hugely successful. They sell I S know. and R You're stuff. Right. They don't care. They don't care. They at five percent. It doesn't matter. They sell such a huge volume of cars that are all automatics or DSG. This doesn't. They don't give a f. They don't yeah. care. They're selling cars. Whatever they're doing is working. They're going to keep on going. If 5% of people, of, if there's 1% of the 5%, maybe they would listen, but it's going to be like 0.0005%. Hey, I want a manual. They'll be like, yeah, sorry. They don't give a rat's bottom. Nope, they don't. So um, in positive news, mm -hmm. and I really, really like this story. This is my one of my favorite stories of the day, is look at all the colors you can get from Volkswagen now. <laughs> Have you seen? No, I haven't. Did you look at the, did oh, you click no, the link? Let me, let me click it. So I, I definitely believe in like loud colored cars. If you've looked at my garage, right? The bright yellow Audi RS4, the bright orange 911. Yep. The black truck is black because a Hummer in any other color is just ostentatious. But look at, okay, so is there a listing? Like there are some. There's a lot. I didn't find a list, but it's 40 plus new colors for the 2019 Golf R. Yeah. And they're bringing back colors like Deep uh, deep Blue Pearl from the Mark IV and the Mark V RD32. Yeah. Ginster Yellow from the Driver's Edition GTI on a Mark III. Uh, Mars Red from the Mark I GTI, which is a great throwback color. Uh, it's it's. It's awesome. Uh, Volkswagen says, um, Volkswagen of America's product marketing team worked in tandem with Volkswagen Canada. Finally, something good to come out of Canada. What about Ryan Reynolds? Ooh, I guess he's okay every once in a while. <laughs> Just like Canada's okay every once in a while. Oh, they're okay, yeah. Um, Volkswagen Canada select a diverse range of colors for the 2019 Mollier Golf R that will appeal to owners while still paying homage to the rich heritage homage. Of, homage of the rich heritage of the Volkswagen color spectrum. And this is great because especially in America, all we get is garbage. Do you want me to read you every single color really quickly? Um, Golf R Viper Green, Golf R Ginser Yellow, Deep Blue Pearl Moss Green, Star Blue Oxide Red, Jazz Blue Jazz Pearl, Blue? Anthracite Metallic, Graphite Metallic, Dark Violet Pearl is really cool, actually. Mystic Blue Pearl, Hot Chili Pearl. Wait, what? Hot Chili Pearl? Hot Chili 
Pearl. Not the hot chili, chili peppers. Hot, hot chili, chili pearl. pearl. Dark burgundy Futura yellow. Nagaro. Oh, they have Nagaro blue is coming back. Inky blue. Mocha anthracite. Wait, that might be cool. Copper orange. Dusty gray. Squirrel gray. Slate Squirrel gray. gray. Caribbean green. Racing green. Reseda green. Cliff green. R91 blue. Ice what that's blue. From. Irish green. Sarantos turquoise traffic purple raspberry Wait, red hold on hold on hold on what's traffic purple it's when you get so upset in traffic that you turn purple <laughs> that's about the only thing i can think of really well, there, what else in traffic is purple Nothing. i have no idea mars red tnt orange magma orange curry yellow Ginster yellow, R techno blue, Bordeaux red, violet touch, viper green, viper green. Viper green's great. That's like back in the day when you saw the, remember when the Scirocco was reissued yeah. and it had the green? That's the color. We never got it here. Azure, blue pearl, and Prussian blue metallic so are the featured colors. A lot of those colors I recognize are throwback colors. Yep. And it's basically, it's like Skittles. Right, I mean, just, there's a lot of cool colors. Yeah, a lot of sure. great colors. So kudos to Volkswagen. But in at the same time, why only the Golf R? Is it really only the it's Golf only R? Only the that Golf has those? R, and it's oh, a twenty five hundred dollar option. Yeah, so we're not going to see that many colors. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we're going to. I mean, you still see Golf Rs drive around quite a bit, but why yeah. not at least the GTI? I'm, why not make maybe G- they'll expand it? I don't know. I don't, I don't get it. Why do you think they? It's probably to encourage people to buy the Golf R. It's like, well, to get this color. You know, you got to buy the, you know, sure, Golf R. Maybe. Yeah. I can't imagine there's that much cross-shopping between a base Golf and a Golf R. Anyway, it should be a nice little break in the white, silver, black, and maroon crossovers that are... And beige. Just, and at just everywhere. Beige. I don't see beige that much anymore. That was that was pretty, like, early 2000s was beige. Yeah, we had Lexus beige. Mm-hmm. What is, what is that? Jewish racing gold? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's called. I've, I've never heard, you never heard that. that? Yeah, never Jewish heard racing that. gold. Yeah. Okay, that's... I'm going to hell. Yes, you are. Uh, all right, next story up here. A tourist was fined for speeding in a Lamborghini Huracan. A British tourist rented a Lamborghini Huracan in Dubai. Okay, that makes sense. In July, on July 30th, and was shortly thereafter caught speeding by ca- by speeding cameras 33 <laughs> times, driving between 78 miles per hour and 143 mile per, miles per hour. UAE news site The National reports the total cost of the resulting tickets and fees was. What? because it is 33 tickets that all happened within a span of under four hours with speeds reaching nearly double limit. The news site reports national city police records saying the 25 year old driver records national (laughs) city police records saying the 25 year old driver was quote triggering every radar on his way 32 on Sheikh Zayed road and one on Garn al Sabq. Apparently, a number of fines were within minutes of each other, and two occurred within 60 seconds. Good for him. So it's $1,600 to rent it for two days. The Huracan. Yeah. Um, So this place has his passport, which he hasn't returned. And uh, my question is, are they going to let him leave? Who's responsible for for the ticket? Is it the place that rented the car? Oh, I see what you mean. Because he, if, if he leaves, he's like, okay, I'm not planning on going back to Dubai anytime soon. Yeah, it says here, uh, tourists can leave the UAE even after building up thousands of dirhams and traffic fines because they are issued in the name of the owner of the car. In this case, the dealer. <laughs> but here's the deal. The dealer has his passport. Yeah. So they're not going to give him his passport back until he pays those fines. I don't think so. But hey, kudos to this guy for... 143 miles an hour, which seems restrained. 
Yeah, in, I think he was showing restraint on some of the cars, sure. some of those roads. Yeah, that we've seen. Nice. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, this isn't the most expensive ticket, though. You've probably heard. Is it Sweden or somewhere where they have income-based traffic ticketing? You've yeah. heard of this, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, I have. Yes. And so a guy got like a million-dollar traffic ticket or speeding ticket just because he's worth that much. His income is that much. How do you feel about that? I think you want me to feel okay about it. <laughs> I, I'm not okay with that. No, I know. But you like want me to be like, yeah, it's all relative. So that guy should pay his fair share. And you're going to be like, no, <laughs> that guy earned his hard-earned money and shouldn't have to pay the government more just because you're poor. Yeah, that's pretty much it. That was my impression of Chris. Okay. <laughs> Next up, we have a little feature that Chris came across that I really like this. Um, and we're going to try. And we, I've had one of these for like every week. And we never get we to run it. run out of time. Yeah. Um, so this one's really great. Can I, I, reading in a dramatic voice to introduce it. This week in automotive history. Yes. So uh, in in 1962, President Charles de Gaulle of France survived one of the several assassination attempts against him thanks to the superior performance of the presidential automobile, the sleek, aerodynamic Citroën DS19, known as Ladis, or the goddess. When the Citroën DS made its sensational debut at the 1955 Paris Motor Show, it streamlined... Dude, stop doing that. What? You're like highlighting the thing. We're, we're oh, that's how I read. You can't but do I that. Can't, I forgot that we share a thing. We're sharing a Google Drive, and he's like highlighting the article, and it's like covering it up in pink. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> ah, when the Citroen DS made its sensational debut at the 1955 Paris Motor Show, its streamlined, understated form stood out among the tail finned and chrome covered cars popular in that era. A far cry from the Citroen's famous 2CV, dubbed the Ugly Duckling, the DS had a 1.9 liter engine and power assisted gear shift, clutch, steering, and brake systems. Its crowning aspect, however, was its hydropneumatic suspension system yes. that Citroen would become known for, which automatically adjusted the height of the car to keep it level and enable the driver to maintain control more easily. Would you like to drive one of these? Absolutely. I can figure that out for us. I know, really? a, guy, I know a guy that so has one of these. What's really crazy about these, I remember, is the brake pedal isn't like... It, it's not... So you press a brake pedal, and as hard as you press the pedal on a normal car, that's how hard the brakes are applied. This is something where it's it's because it's a different system, it's how far you press the pedal, but there's no like linear resistance to it. It's just... It's Super like literally, power, it looks like brakes. a rubber button. And so it's like you press it a little and you get a little brakes and then you just keep pressing and that's more braking it's force. More but you have no feedback of it other than slowing down. Other than the sensation of it. Right. Citroen took 12,000 orders for the DS by the end of that first day and it soon became known as the preferred mode of transportation among France's wealthy and most powerful citizens. In August of 1962, this week, a group called the OAS, the Secret Army Organization in English, plotted an assassination attempt on President de Gaulle, who they believed had betrayed France by giving up Algeria to Algerian nationalists. Near dusk on August 22, 22nd of 1962, de Gaulle and his wife were riding from the Elise Palace to Orly Airport. As his black Citroën DS sped along the Avenue de la Liberation in Paris at 70 miles per hour, 12 OAS gunmen opened fire on the car. All hail, a hail of 140 bullets, most of them coming from behind, killed two of the president's motorcycle bodyguards, shattered the car's rear window, and punctured all four of its tires. The, though the Citroen went into a four-wheel skid, de Gaulle's chauffeur was able to accelerate out of the skid and drive to safety, all thanks to the car's superior suspension system. De Gaulle and his wife kept their heads down and came out unharmed. Wow. I want to say, 
why don't we give the chauffeur the credit? I was just going to say. <laughs> like, I mean, come on. Realistically, it's, this it's is, the driver. It's the driver. 100% right? it's the driver. It's, it's the driver for sure. But, I mean, it, the thing is, is maybe he was able to raise the suspension up and just drive on blown tires. Because, I mean, you can. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think you can control it, though, like that. It's not like an air suspension system nowadays. Where well, you, I, know that, I know that you can raise and lower certain parts of the car because that's how you change. It doesn't have a jack. For changing the tire. Oh, really? Yeah, it actually you you like you, you are tell the left leg to go up like it's peeing on a fire hydrant, and yeah, then you exactly. change it. So you know how like the rear fender kind of covers the wheel. Yeah, it's got a it, wheel skirt. It pulls off that right. disassembles, and then the and it like lifts the wheel up. <laughs> so it but, literally looks like it's peeing when you change a tire. Yeah, exactly. But okay. that's how you pull the wheel off. So I'm wondering if there was some like that's fancy cool. thing like they had some extra switches in there. Because like, I thought the whole point was it was always self leveling. Right. Right. Yeah. That's crazy. But yeah, let's give a little credit to the chauffeur here. I mean, this is because the true hero. Do you know, did you, so there kind of ties it back to our previous his, conversation. It, does, it doesn't even list no, his name. But the the one point I wanted to get, he quote, accelerated out of the skid. And there's and our takeaway. safely. Yeah, yeah. He didn't Ex- lift. Don't lift. He never lifted. <laughs> so on that note, guys, we will see you at, uh, we'll see you next at Cars and Coffee. I Correct. believe will be the next time there you'll will, see us. There will be a, a history story uh, next Wednesday. I don't know what I'm going to do yet, but stay tuned for that. All right. And also, this is your last week, last shot to get in that Momo Steering Wheel giveaway, so be sure to get on that. Yeah, we will be announcing it next week at Cars and Coffee, who the winner is. All right, guys, uh, take care, and we'll talk to you on Wednesday.